You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. And we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorace.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. Home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for in the insurance world. Go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. Well, Charlie, we get ready for a late night Saturday night affair. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Late being the operative word. 8-10 on the kickoff? 8-10's a kickoff, man. That's almost past my bedtime. Almost nothing. Take a quick nap at halftime. Get back out there, watch the second half. Hey, we got some positives. Offense played a lot better in the game on Saturday. Now you come back home. Alabama's a team playing a game on the road. They played on the road earlier this year against South Florida. Did not play well in that game. This will be Milrose's first game on the road. We'll talk about all this later. We're going to talk with Neil Price, the voice of the Bulldogs. Neil about to walk in the studio right now. And so we'll kind of get in depth about Mississippi State and where we are after four games on the schedule and take a look at the Alabama Crimson Tide. And once again, we're brought to you by our friends at Maroon & Company. Maroon & Company here in Starville in the Cotton Mill Marketplace. MaroonAndCo.com. They've got one of the largest selections online, also in-store as well. In both places, online or in-store, you can use the promo code LEFTFIELD15 and get 15% off your entire order. And that's our good friends at Maroon and Company. I got me a big tumbler last week, put my coffee in, Charlie. Big tall boy. So when I come in here on Sunday coffee, I'll have, the, uh, have a ton of coffee to put in that tall boy. I know it's still aggravates you that's the only reason i say it you know that as well all right startville.org if you're coming to the startville this weekend mississippi's college town trying to make those reservations for dinner as you come into town see what all's going on this weekend charlie what say you what we got going on to startville this weekend other than football i know we've got volleyball on friday night as we're taking on tennessee i think soccer's at home this weekend and so a lot of things happening here in startville you know, one thing is going on Friday night, 530 to 830, unwind downtown. So a lot of shops will be open on Friday night. If you're getting here early, check that out. And by the way, too, go to startwell.org. Check out their new website. Very helpful, very user-friendly, interactive, but you get a good calendar of events. It also gives you ideas on things you can do uh, for free in Startwell. Places to eat, places to stay as well. So a very helpful new website for the city of Starville. Also on Friday, you mentioned volleyball, but we've got an open scrimmage in baseball uh, on Friday as well. So a lot going on in Starville this weekend. All right, when we come back, we'll talk to Neil Price, the voice of the Bulldogs. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here in the midweek, Mississippi State and Alabama, Saturday night at 8 o'clock. We'll talk more about the Bulldogs and the Crimson Tide on the other side of the break. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. Well, 
welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're joined now by the voice of the Bulldogs, Neil Price, in this conversation, brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sauces. Country Pleasing, a Mississippi product made down in Florence, Mississippi, at Country Meat Packers. They've got the big butcher shop. Neil, have you been to the butcher shop at Country Pleasing yet? I have not been to the butcher shop. I haven't been to Florence yet, uh, but I did have some maple and blueberry uh, right before uh, I left to go to South Carolina this past weekend. And in the words of uh, our favorite cousin, Cousin Eddie, it was good. Yeah, it was yeah. And that's my, my daughter's favorite is the blueberry maple. And, of course, the jalapeno cheddar, that's Charlie's favorite. That's what you eat just about every day, isn't it, Charlie? It's the go-to. It's the go-to. Of course, I just like the old regular. Just the, just the, I'm just you know, right down the middle. Not too, not too far left. Not too far right. Three cheese is great. Yeah, country yeah. pleasing sausage. Go to countrypleasing.com. No matter where you live, they will ship it to you. All right, Neil. Hey, after last week, had some positives. You had some some negatives. Hey, I was just looking through and you know seeing who all played, and you start thinking about. And I guess if you, um, if you if you really look at the game, and I, I think one of the things that people talk about is the inability to stop South Carolina, even though you were able to put up some points. I tell you what, the thing that concerns me, it seems like we're getting a little thin on that defensive front, and that may be one of the reasons that we gave up some rushing yards this past week. Well, yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, because you you had some guys banged up going in. And then DeMonte Russell gets banged up during the game. So you're without him. You're without Travion Williams, uh, who was banged up uh, the week prior. So at defensive end in particular, yes, uh, they, they were really thin in that game. And, you know, hopeful that you can, you can maybe get um, – hopefully you can maybe get DeMonte back uh, this week. It's still, you know, as we sit here, still probably too early to tell. Um, but – he uh he's a guy who can help him now. No question about that. Older guy, experienced. Good news is is Jordan Davis who had been banged up early in the year was available and they could put him out there and at least you had two guys at DN that you could rotate as that game went on to try and spell some guys here and there. But uh you know, you're you're at that stage of the year. You're you're heading into game 5 and month into the season that stuff happens. It's how how can you deal with it, and uh, that that's that's kind of the test. So, got a big opponent coming in this weekend that have a bunch of really big physical guys on both sides of the line of scrimmage in their own right, and you just got to find a way to get through it. You know, you think about places that you're thin. I thought Sean Preston coming back in the second half really changed the defense to some extent. Showed that we're thin back there too. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question. And not thin from a standpoint of of not having numbers, but thin from a standpoint of people who've played a lot of reps. So once you get behind Sean and Marcus Banks, I mean, your next option in most cases is a freshman or it's a transfer that's playing first year in this program and in this defense. So there's a learning curve, right? And I think if you go back, you know, Matt talked about it during the game on Saturday. If you go back to the first half, uh, the the two big plays that State gave up that Xavier Leggett was involved in, um, some of that was a result of you had young guys at safety who didn't take the correct angle, and that turns into a much longer play maybe than it, it originally should have been. 
But to your point, when Sean Preston comes back in after having to sit the first half, when you see him out there in the second half of the game, it it's pretty clear that that he's a guy who can help them get organized. You could see his experience. And not only does he come out there and, and kind of get things settled down and get the defense headed in the right direction at the back end, forces a fumble. Uh, I think it's three weeks in a row now that he's been out there. He's made something happen with regard to a takeaway. I, I think that part is great. So, uh, yeah, we learned quickly how valuable Sean Preston is in the second half of that game. And, Charlie, that's kind of what we talked about a couple of weeks ago about not just us, about college football in general. And that's going to be the difference now with the transfer portal and teams are not able to build that depth. You think of Alabama, they've always been able to build depth. Every every team has injuries, but how do you have the guys on the back end? Now, Lawson, their middle linebacker, is going to be out this week probably going to be out this week and so who calls the defensive plays for Alabama to me that's Charlie as we talked about that's the big equalizer right there how are teams going to be able to play through injuries because teams are not going to have the depth they're they're used to having no I think that's absolutely true and and it's going to take a real adjustment from a fan standpoint because we are used to seeing guys grow up in programs they go Neil go back to Arizona Arizona had a pretty good guy working at nose tackle that night Mm mm-hmm but for the advent of the transfer portal, he'd have been a pretty good guy working for Georgia this weekend. Sure he would have. And he'd have been working on the second team. And they'd have had a lot more depth. They'd have been a lot different team because of the ability to go deep into the roster. It just doesn't exist anymore that I see. And I think it's happening all across college football. People complain about depth. Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, everybody has that issue now. You know, I, I I will say this. I don't think that Alabama has it, and this is just based on, on prep through the week. I was putting charts together early this week, um, and I noticed as I'm filling out players and positions on that Alabama side, there are some guys who have transferred in, namely they got some quarterbacks who came over. They've got one or two on defense. They've got a receiver uh, running back here or there, but – Compared to other teams that State has played in the first month, I didn't put nearly as many other schools in. There were still a lot of high schools in there. I, th- I think that they have been able to maybe continue to build in a traditional model uh, more so than just about any team that State's played. But now South Carolina had several guys that they had brought in uh, that they and were And they had lost in. several. They did. They did, and, uh, you know, to your point, Arizona's defense was almost entirely made up of guys who came through the portal. Um, and we're even seeing it trickle down now. I mean, I go back to southeastern Louisiana, week number one. Now, you know, at, at the FCS level, they've got a guy who played for their rival who transferred over and played quarterback for them. You know, I mean, and, and you're seeing – There was, was a player of the year in the league. Yeah, and then there was a guy, I think, on their roster who had played for – just about every FCS school in Louisiana. I think he was on his third or fourth. He had been at, like, Nichols and McNeese, and now he's over in southeastern Louisiana. <laughs> he knows so, where all the good restaurants are in, in Louisiana, that's doesn't it. he? But, but what I'm saying is is that it, it's not something that is just at the, at the FBS level. I mean, it has trickled down to the FCS level now, too, with regard to people transferring and trying to find places where they can go and they can play. Well, and – to take that, southeastern Louisiana, we would have been playing a guy at corner that week, but he transferred, so we played him two weeks later against LSU. At LSU, that's right. Okay, Alabama coming in. On the offensive side, 
Jalen Milrow, this will be his first start on the road. They played one row game a couple weeks ago at South Florida. He did not play in that game. And one of the things I think they're worried about in Tuscaloosa, if you talk to some of their media guys, is how will he perform in his first start on the road, the cowbells late at night, and they're trying to figure out how he is going to perform. Just by being around football for a long time and understanding Nick Saban a little bit, don't you feel like we're going to get a steady dose of handing the ball off, maybe some play action, but they're going to make him comfortable early in that game. Well, I talked to Chris Stewart earlier this week. Chris is going to do the game uh, on radio for Alabama on Saturday, and I asked him the question. I said, okay, so when you've had a little bit of uncertainty at the quarterback spot, because it kind of sounded like the South Florida game for Alabama was an opportunity for two guys to try to go out and prove that they were better than Jalen Milrow, and neither one could. So now it's this is our guy. Uh, so I said, okay, you've got uncertainty. He's still obviously learning a little bit as a younger guy. How much do the running backs help? And he said they've taken a ton of pressure off of him because McClellan's been around. Roy Dell Williams has been there for a little bit now. They've got some older guys at running back absolutely could they lean on that or try to sure I I don't think that's a bad strategy what concerns me more is I think when Jalen Milrow is given the ability to improvise or if a play breaks down state could do a lot of things very well in the secondary and cover and all of a sudden this guy gets out and starts running around he's more dangerous to me when a play breaks down than maybe he is when everything is blocked accordingly, you know, because think about the game last Saturday they played. Um, He made a ton of plays in that game running basically what amounted to a scramble drill. Yeah. And that's when he was – to me, that's when he's at his most dangerous, when he's unpredictable. And it kind of worries you too, you know, Charlie, about this style of defense that we run because last week – and you kind of wonder, you know, how will we do from a blitz package standpoint because last week against Spencer Rattler – he dropped back 26 times, and we brought at least one person, at least one linebacker, 19 times out of the 26. And so if you're bringing linebackers and this guy improvises and gets outside, he's got 20 yards in front of him. And that's the thing that, that always worries me defensively against a quarterback who can move is the ability to improvise. There were a couple of times I saw South Carolina just took advantage of it where they basically let the pass rush come, they kick it all to the outside, and there's a lane up the middle. Uh, but let's flip the page a little bit because, to me, you know, we can talk about the defensive line. We can talk about the secondary, and obviously both those are issues. we got to protect. And if if there's one thing I have nightmares about, it's Al- Alabama defensive ends. I know Will Anderson in there, but whew. And, Neil, we've had some issues of stopping the pass rush up the middle. Uh-huh. And so Alabama with, with the edge – <laughs> if they're coming from the edge and you can't step up in the pocket, I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I do feel like that – I feel like State's tackles have done a pretty good job. And, and you're older out – well, I say that. You know, you're old across that offensive line everywhere. But um, I think the tackles have done a good job. Uh, they've been able to to give Will a little bit of protection out there. We've missed some blocks with running backs out on the edge. Uh, but, yes – the rush up the middle, uh, and LSU is the one I think about immediately. That that was where I thought it really showed up. And by the time quarterback gets the ball in his hands, you know, he's got 
two guys sitting in his lap. Um, you can't do that. And I mean, everybody's watched. Everybody's watched enough tape at this point now that they've seen it. So it's just an adjustment that that state's got to make. I thought they were better last week at South Carolina. I did. Um, and you know they they gave Will a chance to go out and try and sustain some drives. They protected long enough to allow him to get the ball to Tulu. Um, and Will did a good job, to his credit, of recognizing all those things, too. Uh, so, you know, you hope that continues. But uh, you know that it's going to be a challenge against an Alabama defense that has some depth, uh, has speed, and, and physical up front. So um, a little different animal than what they saw last week. And let's talk about the offense just a second. I had someone send me a quote from one of the Facebook groups that said – that after the first couple possessions when we had difficulties on offense, that Will Rogers went to Zach Arnett and said, let me call the offense. And so we let Will call the offense the rest of the way. I'm just joking. Uh, we, we know that didn't happen. But that's what some of the Facebook folks will say. I do think that <laughs> – I, I do think, though, you can look at – you know, so Kevin Barbet moved upstairs, and there's been a lot made about that, you know, in the days after the game and, and you know, the impact it had – I do think that the perspective that Kevin Barbet has sitting upstairs, I think that only helps um, just because I, I understand why he loves being on the sideline. I get it. But when you've got that all-22 view, I, I keep going back to a Mike Leach term, you can see the space. You yeah. know, so, so he's got a chance to see exactly what the back of a defense looks like and to see maybe where he can attack holes out there and make stuff happen. Um, I, I thought that was I thought that was a good move. Uh, I am interested to see if if that becomes two weeks in a row, or if it continues to the bye week, or, or what happens there. Um, you know, the, you lose the personal interaction in terms of being able to look a guy in the eye and kind of see what he's thinking, or look out on the field and see what a defense looks like. Is you know, is that front gassed? Whatever you you lose that, but. Um, with the ring downs and, and everything else they've got, I think it's still pretty easy, even if you're upstairs, to have a conversation with your quarterback or, or anybody else you need to and go, okay, tell me what you're thinking here, here, and here. What are you seeing here? Uh, and compare notes. Um, I thought that made a huge difference. And and Will just looked like he had a better idea of, you know, he didn't have any, that many people in his face either. But, I mean, it's, okay, get the ball. I know where I'm going. Get the ball. know where I'm going. Um I, I would that say, you know, I would say, Neil, we if we look back and Mississippi State goes on a run, I think even in a loss, you can sometimes find a turning point. I think we may be able to look back one day if this thing goes right and say that drive right before the half was a little bit of a turning point because yeah. that was a spot where one they had to trust the quarterback to throw it, and two he had to get rid of it quick. Yep, he didn't have time to stand around and think; it had to get it out. And that drive, we moved the ball down the field in a hurry. 38 seconds, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And Zach Arnett talked about that on Monday that, you know, he he is he is someone who subscribes to analytics in football. He 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 put I don't want to say he puts all of his confidence in numbers, but he he certainly likes to see what numbers say about certain things. And he said if you go and look at the book, the book tells you that if you start a drive inside of the final minute your chances of scoring any kind of points are are slim and none. 
So to go get the ball 36, 38 seconds and be able to go six plays, boom, 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 get down the field and give yourself a chance for a field goal, yeah, that, that's a huge confidence builder, I would think. Well, yeah. let's think back, too. Will's done that before. Think of Arkansas yep. on the road a couple of years ago. And you wonder if there's something you don't take from that, which is have a little more tempo, be a little more deliberate, and get rid of it in a hurry. Yeah. And I don't know this. Again, you know, the guys coaching the team know far more football than I'll ever know. But – there were moments in that game at South Carolina this past Saturday where it looked like we were we were kind of an air raid team again. Four wide, five man protection, um, single running back. You know, it kind of and and then and I don't know that that's totally accurate, but it just kind of looked that way from upstairs. Okay, this is what we were doing a year ago. You know, now we're not running exactly the same concepts and patterns, but um, but the tempo getting it out quick, all that felt felt very much like what we'd seen through for the last three seasons. All right, Neil, before we let you go, starting something new this week, man. Moving over to WMSV, World Class Radio. That's it. And so going to be the new general manager at WMSV on campus. Hey, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Are you going to spin the tunes? Are you going to pick are you going to pick the music? Now, Charlie's a big Turnpike Troubadours guy. I like that fits our format, by the way. I'm on a Zach Bryan kick right now. That, so, that also fits our format. And so the other question is, too, are you going to continue the blues on Sunday night? I, I will tell you that right away, and I told some of the students uh, <laughs> over there yesterday the same thing, nothing is going to change immediately. <laughs> um, I do like the format. You know, it's it's AAA radio, uh, which is uh, adult album alternative. But if you if you really dig into that, it's it's like a tree that has a bunch of branches that come off of it. So you know we talked about Turnpike Troubadours and Zach Bryan, some of this. That all is on one branch. And you could go all the way back to say Counting Crows and things oh, you can like, go all the way back. Yeah, yeah it, the birth of the format goes back to alternative rock and roll in a lot of ways in the nineties. Um, and and again, forty three years old now. I'm I'm like an onion. I got a bunch of layers here. If you keep peeling, you you find some stuff. You go what? Um, but when I was in high school, Oasis, um, Weezer, Three Eleven. You know, I mean, I I listened to some of that stuff. Uh, in addition to George Strait, unfortunately, does not fit the format. Everett Kennard made the suggestion to me at South Carolina that we should. He said, "What what would you think if they if you played some Johnny Paycheck on there every now and then?" I said, "I don't think Johnny Paycheck's quite in the format. I don't disagree with where your head's at, but it's not in the format." Um, so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I will tell you that some of the most fun I have ever had working in broadcasting was my first job. 1995 WCRK, a little 5,000-watt AM radio station in Morristown, Tennessee. Uh, and when I walk in at WMSV, it, it this, there's a smell. Like you walk in. <laughs> yes, it's, yes. It's, it's electricity and, and coffee. And in a, in a professional radio station, you know, commercial station, it was cigarettes, electricity, and coffee. You know, that, that, that it's, it's that smell. And immediately, you know, I'm back to being 15-year-old again. And I'm thinking, you know, this, this is what I loved about it. But as much as I – and listen, I, I love doing play-by-play. I do. Um, and, and the great thing about this is the job will allow me to do something uh, that I enjoy – right behind that and that is be in in a world where it's music 
and interacting in the community, um, you know, and, and, and being a part of something I really enjoyed. Um, and, and going to continue thing. radio. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. And, yeah and, and the thing is, is and hopefully, you know, I mean, and, and I talked to some of the students about this yesterday. Hopefully, if, if, they, if they have ambitions as disc jockeys or, or doing news or whatever it is over there, hopefully I can help them in some way just like people helped me a long time ago. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've done it as an instructor here too, and I don't know that I was cut out to be a classroom instructor. But in a more casual setting like this, I think that, yeah, it's, you, you know, you can get into details with people about trying to show them how you – you can back sell it this way, but then you can go and, you know, do this or this or this, or, you know, just, you know, if you talk over the song just a little bit here to get into the the vocal, you know, it just sounds, you know, different little things like that. Here's here's all I ask is one night at 10 o'clock, you let me and Charlie come over there and we spin the tunes and we're going to open up the phones. I I think that'd be great. (laughs) Um, There is a young lady there named Reagan. I I met her when I was over there helping Anthony out part-time back last spring, uh, but she does a show on Friday night, and she just curates her own show and comes in, and, and she kind of digs more into the the album rock branch of the AAA tree, and she'll play some stuff that goes way, way back, you know I mean? And I think it's it's really cool. There, there is something for everybody, and then to your point, there's blues on Sunday, and there's, you know, everything else. Uh, I told them back to – to what we started this with, with Turnpike Troubadours and, and Luke Bryan, or not Luke Bryan, excuse me, Zach, Zach Bryan. Bryan. No, no, we will not play Luke Bryan on that station. I promise <laughs> you that. It will not make our speakers go boom, boom. Uh, that's a country lyric. Can you believe that? Good grief, the world's in a bad place. Nor Nickelback. Uh, no, no. Uh, but we were talking about yesterday. What about a five-hour block or a four-hour block on Saturday of this kind of alt-country, and we'll call it y'all alternative. How about that? I let's mean, do it. Let's do it. I'm I'm for that. Bart's kind of a Delilah guy. <laughs> Delilah. <laughs> Golly. That's a throwback right there. No, I bet she's still on the radio. Oh, Gotta yeah. be somewhere. I bet she's still on somewhere. Um who was um <laughs> the old fabulous sports babe. That's where he learned his <laughs> I can I can remember uh, and this guy's still kicking around. I don't think he's on the radio anymore, but I can remember John Garabedian. He yes. was from uh, Massachusetts, I think, the all-cool, all-request open house party on the weekends. I thought that was Louis Linguini over at 94.1 ZBQ. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to go. They're going to cut us off over at WFCA. Hey, appreciate you. All right, man. Thank you all. Hey, Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs. And once again, thanks to our good friends this week at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com. Audio, visual, computers, desktops, anything you can look for in the technology world. Go to howardcomputers.com and they can hook you up. It's a worldwide company. Charlie got on to me last week for saying Mississippi company. It is a Mississippi company, but they are worldwide. Startwell.org, Mississippi's college town. Maroon and Company. Make sure if you go to Maroon and Company this weekend, Cotton Mill Marketplace. Get the code LEFTFIELD15, and you can get 15% off all your items. Go to maroonandco.com or in-store. They've got the interlocking MSU gear, the state script gear. And so our friends at Maroon and Company. And so for Charlie Winfield and Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.